So I was telling you outside about uh, uh, that Kanye <laughs> clip. I'm just going to play it. Let's hear it. Block yourself in a room doing five beats a day for three summers. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> I just love that one. <laughs> and did you get it isolated like that? No, I use this. There's a website that'll separate. It just uses uh, the EQ to separate out the vocals and the music. Okay. It's not, it's not a perfect science. It's pretty good to have, though. Yeah, I could see it coming in handy for some things, but obviously sometimes like if you're if you're really looking for the audio or the separate out the vocals and the music try and find an, like an acapella track rather than yeah one that's trying to strip it right out of the music or an instrumental because most of the time that's personally what i'm looking for yeah no con yeezy for sure i was telling you outside uh-huh. that I, I got into red dead redemption recently Right, Red Dead Redemption Two. Dose. Um, obviously, I'm I'm very into it, just like most folks are. And I was thinking yesterday while I was playing, I'm like, there's a lot of moral decisions involved in this, and you have a lot of choice. And I realized it's a lot like Westworld, the TV show. Okay. Um, so I decided to Google it, see what the internet was saying, and sure enough, the two executive producers of Westworld, Lisa Nolan and John Nolan. Uh, publicly said that the original Red Dead was one of their inspirations for Westworld. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, there's no robots involved, but... But it's a simulation, if you well, Every game is a simulation. True. But it, there's a lot of parallels in the in the game and the show. From what I've seen... Like what? Um, everyone has a choice to make. You know, you can... Yeah, but that, that, every game is like that. Not, this every, one's also, not every game necessarily has uh, repercussions for the decisions that you make. True. But, you know, Red Dead obviously does. And, I mean, obviously it's also set in the Wild West. Yeah, so... There's a lot of parallels. So which way did you go? Right so now, I'm... It sounds like you're an outlaw. I'm definitely an outlaw, but I'm not a good outlaw. That's what I mean. There is no good outlaw. You know, and bounty hunters keep coming to get me. Yeah. I don't stand a chance. What, you, you just get melted by them? It's not good. Oh, man, you should see me play that game. These friggin' horses following me when I'm trying to hide in the bushes. I'm taking, cra- I'm doing crazy shit in that game. What are you doing? I don't know. I, I, I actually welcome when the bounty hunters come. And I, I play this little mini game where yeah. I try to see how long I can hold out. It sounds pretty fun. I also do the same thing. I just, I don't hold out. No, no, no. I purposefully hold out. Like, I want to fight them. So, like, in Valentine, yeah. which is that first little town that you get to, <laughs> uh, right behind where the butcher hangs out, right. which is near the, the stable, there's, like, a hotel. And you can get on the roof of that hotel, and the peak hmm. has such a steep peak on it that you can, you know, easily traverse either side of the peak and use it as cover. It's, it's fucking crazy. Pretty good. But I see what all the, the hoot and the holler is about. It's a good time. Yeah, you're just one of those kids that never really grew up with video games. I did in the younger years, but it never stuck though. You never you've never been a gamer. No, no, never have. Went through phases when I was a youth, but uh no. you're right, it never stuck. No. For sure. For sure. Have you ever tried uh promethazine syrup? Uh, no. Like uh, that lean? Yeah. The scissor. The scissor. 
Yeah. No. I want to try it. Well, it's really just codeine and promethazine. No, 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 no. Codeine is one type of cough syrup. Promethazine is a whole different. But lean is promethazine codeine cough syrup. It's a blend. But you has to have the promethazine. I think it's like a safety thing. Uh, I could be incorrect here. I, I don't know. The way I've understood it from hip-hop culture. Of course. Um, is that the promethazine is the key to the scissor. Really? Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, codeine's great on its own. Right. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't necessarily need the codeine. I don't know. I I dispute. Well, I think we'll have to go do ahead some and dispute. But I actually talked to somebody who does or has done the scissor. Yeah, and that's what he told me. So He's, he could be quite misinformed. But because I, I specifically said, "You mean like codeine cough syrup?" He's like, "No, no, no, no. It has to be promethazine." I'm going to investigate. Just do a quick search on promethazine. See what uh, yeah, let's find out what its effects are. My guess is it's going to be a general anesthetic right but if it is if it is then that's that's the you know that's the right ingredient oh okay so this was kind of surprising i should have known from the goddamn suffix but it's uh antihistamine oh um first generation antihistamine and antipsychotic used to treat allergies insomnia nausea etc but i don't know if you've ever taken too many benadryl but that shit can fuck your day up yeah it's like taking too much tylenol um I suppose. If you're taking too much Tylenol, it does, has the opposite effect. It doesn't feel good. No. No. Benadryl, uh, just get loopy. Yeah. Histamines are funny. Over-the-counter um, sleeping tablets are often just Benadryl. Yeah. Marketed as sleeping aids. I feel like it's always best to just either get a prescription for something or don't take it at all. But over-the-counters are usually not great in my experience. Uh, yeah, I guess not for abusing anyway. <laughs> I just mean for like effectiveness. Oh, effectiveness. I don't know. Have you ever taken an Aleve before? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty effective. Naproxen. Um, if you ever want to get real funky and some chick I used to work with told me this and I thought she was crazy. But yeah. I tried it once. She'd take one, one Aleve and one ibuprofen. Okay. Wow. It, it takes it to a whole nother level. I'm not talking about like getting high. I'm talking about like if you got some pain. pain. Yeah. It's that good. Yeah. Really? Like, I mean, one, one, uh, Aleve does a pretty good job, but I think so. It's a noticeable increased effect when you take it with a ibuprofen. But Much. I'm pretty sure Aleve, which is naproxen mm -hmm. is, uh, is a relative of aspirin. I think very possibly. Yeah. Anyhow, I was thinking about syrup and it'd be pretty fun to try. And I think the promethazine would definitely have an effect. Well, I, I stand corrected. Yeah. The, so, uh, I mean, the problem with it is, is the price, because it's such a, a popular thing. Yes. It's the like to buy a bottle. I don't, I don't, I don't even have a ballpark, but I remember what last time when i looked at it it was like outrageous like multiples of hundreds oh yeah i read a vice article yeah which is and it's just like your uh your buzz per dollar ratio is smoke some weed yeah exactly but it doesn't mean i wouldn't like to try it sometimes i think if i came across a bottle of it on the you know as a prescription or something yeah i would definitely save it to try it for scissor i bet you could just doctor it up yourself 
Does that sound like a smart idea? Well, if you have access to both promethazine separately and where codeine separately, it's just an antihistamine. You can get an OTC. Yeah, but where do you? So you're saying to just take a couple of pills instead of having a nice drizzink? I suppose you want to mix it yeah. and, and kick back. You know, yeah. it's not just the uh, Sing- the pharma effect. Yeah, you don't take the whole dose at once. Fair. There might be nuance to these things. I don't know. I've seen people mix it with um, Orange Crush. Nice. And 7-Up, I think, is another one. Sprite, for sure. Or Sprite, yeah. I think sure they're interchangeable. Else. Yeah, I'm not sure what the you know recommended soda beverage is for it. I feel like you'd need to be somebody, be with somebody who knew what was going on. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd be easy to uh, mess it up. Yeah, I guess so. Too much, too little. You got to dial these things in. Especially with the promethazine. It'll put you, I'm sure it'll put you to sleep. I don't know. Apparently. Speculation, but. Apparently it knocks, it knocks people out. Keep our eyes out for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I've been watching postseason a baseball. You have. We've uh, switched roles. I've gone to a non-viewer. I used to watch, I've always only watched postseason baseball. It's exciting stuff. I don't really care what the teams are. Yeah. When, when the teams, like when the opposing teams are decided, I typically want to pick the underdog every single time. That's kind of my approach to sports in general. It's exciting. Is when I don't, if I don't have a team that I follow, I just like to pick an underdog. And sometimes the, when I pick an underdog, it's a perceived underdog. Like for instance, um, Houston had now it's over. Houston mm-hmm. had been playing uh, Boston, and I, I don't know. I just thought, you know, Boston was probably a much better team, but in reality, Houston's the better team. Um, oh, oh, maybe I was right. So I picked Houston. Houston's as a, a bunch of cheaters. I'll right. say that I'm I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Yeah, but I thought in this series that. Houston was going to be the underdog, or at least they felt like it. So I was like, oh, I want Houston to win. Well, they did win. I think like th- three games to one or something, or four games to yeah, one. Yeah, that is impressive. Like that. Boston had a hell of a team this year. Yeah. And I mean, the other series, uh, which is the Braves, which I don't understand how uh, the Atlanta Braves haven't had to change their name yet. Is, is Braves offensive? I think... Uh, the symbol of the mm-hmm. tomahawk that they use yeah. is making it obviously a reference to native people. It is, um, absolutely. And then if you, like I said, I don't watch a lot of baseball except in the postseason. Yeah. But every time the Braves do something, like they score a run, yeah, they're they're the chopping, toma- they're chopping with yeah. their arm. They're doing the chopping motion. It's been going on for a long time. Yeah, that that it, one is pretty. It seems wrong. It does seem wrong. Yeah, and I mean, like, didn't Cleveland have to change its name? Cleveland Indians changed their name to what? Uh, the Cleveland shoot it baseball club. No, I need to look fair. it up. Anyway, I'm just surprised that the this hasn't reached the Braves yet. I think it's only a matter of time. And these motherfuckers at Fenway, these old. Cleveland Guardians. Oh, Cleveland Guardians. My bad. So these old motherfuckers sitting at Fenway Park, they're drinking 
They're drinking cans <laughs> of fucking Michelob Ultra. The big ones too, right? Well, they're they're slim but tall. Yeah. Right? Deceiving. No, it's just can you drink something more more I hate to say this, more manly? Like Michelob Ultra? It's a popular beverage. It sounds like <laughs> Oh, jeez. It sounds like one of those beers that you drink when you're on a diet. You know, I think that's what it's marketed towards you know, like a hundred calories and only three carbs and half the fun. Yeah. But these old fucks, they got like a bunch of cans of fucking Michelob just lined up. They're sitting, you know, sitting right behind the, yeah. uh, the batting box and they got all these cans lined up and I'm like, drink some, drink some fucking bud or something like what the fuck Michelob ultra. Well, and also if you're drinking a light beer in high volume. What's the fucking point? Just have a normal beer and have a couple less of them. Well, or the same amount, whatever. Okay. But we all know about the high life, the Miller High Life. I've recently discovered how good it is for the price point. Miller High Life is, well, you know, it's considered a pretty low quality beer by many. But in reality, it's not. It's just an economical beer yeah that is also hydrating and there there's a point of diminishing return on the hydration sure it's what it's only like three three and a half percent or something or four percent i think it's coming in around four yeah so it's below average you know the average beer i think in canada is about five percent yeah it's pretty pretty ubiquitous um but to me miller high life and michelob ultra are not in the same ballpark no pun intended <laughs> right over my head um i'd agree with you there and in terms of alcohol content they're comparable probably flavor wise i don't think so i've had a few michelob ultra in my day alcohol is all about branding it's a funny thing when you look at if you look at like a bottle of tito's yeah. It's very well designed label. Definitely. Looks classy. Looks like it's from Texas. Right. And then, you know, you got Michelob. It just, Michelob just doesn't uh, exude drinking or drunkness to me. No. It's like Michelob is like <laughs> the kind of beer that you'll have while you're out golfing. Definitely. You know? Yeah, you want to keep it uh, light and breezy for the day. Yeah, yeah, you want to you want to get a slight buzz, but Be you good don't want to fuck up your 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 backstroke. Exactly. Maybe you've got a dinner at the club later, right? Got to take the wife and the kids to Bed Bath and Beyond. Hold the whiskey until about seven p.m. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, um, just one last point on the baseball. No, the oh, Miller High Life. Best in a bottle. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree. Um, it's very hard. Can you get it in the bottle now in Canada? Yeah, right around the corner. And is it brewed in Canada or is it still brewed out of the U.S.? Man, I think I have an old box hidden somewhere. We can look. Because uh, it was it was originally um, even, you know, it was imported to Canada, which right. is unbelievable when you think about how inexpensive it is. It's very true. There, it probably costs more to ship it here. Anyway, but... Uh, yeah, it was still being brewed in, I want to say, it was out of Colorado or something, or Milwaukee. I don't remember. I'll anyway, look into it. But I wonder if uh, 
it's a, is it a Molson product now? Miller? I don't know. I know Miller is big in Canada. I'm not sure which of the two they're with. Yeah, I don't know. Anyhow. So uh, I was browsing on Chronic Post the other day. Yeah. I noticed that they're running low on weed again. So I ordered a couple. I think I ordered a couple of zips of uh, jackfruit. Nice. Because it was the only uh, weed at that price point that they had. And what's, and what's this price point? Uh, $69. Not bad at all. Free shipping. Uh, anything over $120. It's top quality service right there. But I noticed something else. What? Our Chronic Post has removed all, all of their mushroom products. Hmm. That's interesting because that was a, it was always nice to know. But they had everything. They had, you know, four or five different kinds of mushrooms. Yeah. And then they had all the micro dosing options. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So to me, it's not a matter of stock. It's maybe a business decision. And I wonder it, you know, I don't know. I've seen, we've seen this before with herbal dispatch. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to try and go legit. I don't, man, how do you, after all of this crime, how does one go legit? That's a crazy thing to say, because if you think about it, all of the major producers started out producing illegally. That's true. Yeah. Like if you look at Aurora cannabis, it was started by a guy who used to sell fucking weed, like used to grow and sell weed. Yeah. You have a point there. And I was looking at uh, a local dispensary, their menu yesterday, and I saw Fido Concentrates. Exactly. I had that shit uh, years before legalization. Some sketchy dude uh, would pull them out like playing cards. I remember that too. You know? And yeah, it was those, were like, the, those were the vapes though. Uh, the ones the that Fido I was getting vapes. were like uh, wax and shatter. Oh yeah, I was getting the Fido shatter, but yeah. there was also the Fido cartridges. I didn't see those in okay. back in the day, but it's so funny to see that in stores. Dude, I'm just, I'm, it's like I was telling you before, like these producers had to be in producing weed uh, long before the day it went legal. Yeah, that's true. And it was up in the air as to exactly when it was going to go legal. Originally it was, you know, July 1st and mm-hmm. then it ended up being like the end of July or something. You, you can't just, start growing you know you're behind the game at yeah. that point if you start so for years they had been pumping out weed out the back door that was ending up on the street and fido whatever that company was obviously doing the exact same thing that's crazy yeah because west side was right also had tons of fido i was actually, a lot in town dude there was a time when for about five or six months that i only smoked shatter I had a little shatter. these rigs. I had a little shatter pen. Yeah, I remember. And I used to just smoke shatter. I stopped smoking regular weed. It was fucking crazy. But that is I, crazy. I developed this really terrible cough, though, and I had to stop. It does something weird in the lungs, a lot of the shatter, yeah, for me at least. Some, I don't know. I don't want to say it's a byproduct, but my throat always ends up irritated. Yeah, me too. It's, it's, it can be even harsh. On, even on the vapes, my throat gets irritated. Yeah. Like, I, if I couldn't vape before doing the podcast, my voice would be fucked. Especially I'd after be like a big coughing head. and clearing my throat the whole time. It's burning. Yeah. I they, don't know. It just leaves whatever. It does something. It can be pretty harsh. 
Yeah, I mean, I know that you know some even I find even the CO two extracted ones do the same thing. So I don't think it's a butane problem. I found the CO two a little cleaner, but that could have been placebo. Yeah, no, it's still fucked with my throat the same way. Hmm. I find even like the that menthol vape juice that doesn't have any nicotine or anything in Mm -hmm. it. I find even it if if I take too big of a hoot, it will irritate my throat a little bit. Just something in the vapor, I guess. That's probably like ethylene glycol or something like, you know, that every one of those things has in it. Yeah. Glycol and glycerin. I think a lot of them, but I'll keep on smoking my ganja. Speaking of which, I found a local delivery service recently. Oh, do tell. Um, so I ended up picking up their low end weed. It was, uh, they marketed it as greenhouse grown. I'm not sure why they would do that. Um, but it was coming in at $60 an ounce before delivery. 60, they charge $5, five for delivery. So it's kind of weird. It okay. is anyway, but it seems they had this, uh, a system. There was a dispatcher, there was multiple drivers and showed up in a brown paper bag with, uh, your name on it and like little coupons. Okay. Back up a little bit. Yeah. Um, talk about the complete experience from, the time that you place the order, everything that happened in between that to when the exchange took place. And then obviously the first time you smoked it. Okay. So I Google cannabis delivery in our city. Okay. And I'm not going to give the name, but, um, this came up as the second thing on the list. Mm -hmm. So pretty high up there. I go to their main page, go under their cannabis section, where they have 41 strains available. 41? At the moment. I'm looking at their page. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And what's, what are the, like, the different price levels? Um, price so they, points? they don't have anything structured, but the bottom end is what I got for about 65. And then you move up to 100 bucks an ounce. And that's your, looking at a picture now, Midnight Snacks and Train Wreck number two. It looks like pretty good bud for okay. 100 bucks an ounce. Okay. And then they start to move up um, a bit more in price. So the next step up from there is about 200. Seems to be their, their AAA brand. And then the big ones are what they call the Kootenai Quads. Uh-huh. I'm looking at one right now for 250 for a zip, which is, I mean, you're almost paying full price. What the fuck could that be? They're marketed as Kootenai quads, quadruple A. Okay. When, when somebody says $250 an ounce, yeah. you remember, uh, what is that shit called? Like moon rocks? They also have moon rocks, but yes. It, it better be moon rocks on steroids <laughs> for $250 an ounce. That's, uh, what do they charge for moon rocks? Let's go back to page number one. I think it was relatively reasonable. I've never smoked a moon rock. Me which, neither. Which but for I, those who I, don't know. It's basically a, they take a, a bud. I don't know if they uh, moisten it at all, but essentially it gets dipped or rolled in keef. Should I read their description of it? Sure. Moon rocks are considered the caviar of cannabis, and it's very potent. Average marijuana strains are anywhere from 17 to 30%, but our moon rocks have nearly double that amount, usually hovering around 50% THC. 
They're charging 15 bucks a moon rock. <laughs> a moon rock? Is that a gram? Or? Uh, no weight given, uh, but it's made of purple kush, Bruce Banner distillate, and Gorilla Glue Keef. You know, n- next time you order from these guys, yeah. order us a moon rock. Let's try a moon rock. Man, you're li- yeah, you never know what's in them. I don't care. You don't have to smoke it. You're going to guinea pig? Yeah. They've got reviews, but not many. I want to I wanna smoke a moon rock joint completely sober and i want to you know do the pepsi challenge customers seem to be pretty disappointed by these yeah, reviews i must say i'm i'm not surprised their prices seem out to lunch like the like if you were going to pay 250 dollars an ounce yeah why wouldn't you just go to the store yeah, I agree. Like, and then, and this needs to be like insane weed. That's if what I'm, I'm paying saying. That much money that's, for it. That's what I'm saying. But like, two hundred and fifty dollars an ounce. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the last spread. time that I had to pay two hundred and fifty dollars an ounce for anything. And uh, it, I want to say the last time I paid that kind of money was, I think, for hash. Which that that would be more common, but still a lot. Oh, dude. I, I used to have this this guy that his next door neighbor uh, sold weed. Yeah. And I'd get weed from them from time to time. But one time, okay, so this guy is one of those people who have been like small-time dealer for like 25 years. Just makes you know, enough for, uh, exactly, for whatever he's doing. Completely, you know, retired. Yeah. Um, so this dude, I met him a couple of times but I never actually dealt with him directly because he's old, very old school. Right. But I used to hang out with neighbors on either side of him. So I got to know him a little bit. Um, but he had this buddy who I don't remember if he was, he got out of jail or if he forgot, but basically this dude had buried a bunch of hash (laughs) and dug it up. No way. Yeah, dude. And the hash was like, you know, like you get like those those chocolate uh, coins that are covered in like uh, uh, tin sparkles. Oh, no, like you know, like a like chocolate a chocolate loony. Yeah, but they're like you know, but like the size of a a coaster. Let's say sure. that's a great uh, size up. Yeah, yeah. So this dude had this hash that was pre sized coaster type ounces. Wow, and it it was top of quality what was the uh flavor profile and such do you remember hash hashy hashy um nothing better than hashishi hashishi um yeah so this dude was like hey man you know my my neighbor's got this fucking hash it's been sitting on somebody's been sitting on it for a really long time you know are you interested and like these are the times when Hash wasn't very prevalent around here and not easy to get. It yeah. would come, come around once in a while. Mm. So I was like, fuck yeah. And I remember paying like in and around $10 a gram. That ain't bad. And that was a while ago too. Oh, this is at least 10 years ago. Yeah, that's more recent than I thought it was going to be. Um, well, it was back when I used to play a lot of poker. Nice. Yeah, it was the poker crowd. Poker crowd. With the buried hash. That's that's pretty cool. It was really good. What are you gonna do there with that? There was your a hash? limited supply. 
I'm sure it was trying to get gone oh, as quick as possible. Johnny, Johnny had an ounce of that too. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody was getting a piece of that. It was, it was that good. Nothing like good hash. Have you ever got the stuff with the gold stamp on it? Yeah. It's usually all I've gotten. Um, I like the red seal personally. Haven't had red seal. I haven't seen it for a long time. Yeah. But like probably since I was a teenager, but yeah, it used to be this uh hash that was wrapped in like a, a red cellophane interesting and every now and then you'd get a little piece of red cellophane on your on your piece of hash to know it's legit no no just that's what people call it red seal i suppose so i don't know if that was the name everywhere but of it but that's what we used to call it but yeah i remember the gold stamp stuff yeah i always wonder where it's coming from but any good hash has been imported most likely i'm sure they can make some good stuff in bc but it's not the same even even the stuff i got from chronic post was it called uh the mercedes uh was it called mercedes it was basically made with uh phoenix tears oh yeah that shit so i don't know if it was called phoenix hash or mercedes hash but it was something like that yeah and it i still have some it's good hash it's not it's not it doesn't pass the sinking through the floor test i forgot about your test right yeah (laughs) so like if if you get some really good hash and i mean this may not be the same for everybody but for my level of thc tolerance if i come across some really good hash and smoke a nice sized joint of it i get this sensation that like i'm like if i lay down that i'm like falling through the bed and that used to be something that I would encounter a lot when I was younger, when I first started smoking weed. Me too. Now it never happens. So I used to not like it when I was younger when it would happen, but now I'm kind of, that's what I'm going for. And that was one of the, <laughs> that was one of the things that got me into pot. Like once I, when I first started smoking, I didn't have any friends like period. So I didn't really have anyone to show me the weed. So uh-huh. I picked some pot up. Little did some you papers. Know. True, true. Just uh, needed to look around a bit. But taught myself how to roll all that shit, and it took forever. And once I finally figured it out, and the same thing happened to me, I was like, "What is this?" Would throw on like some television or a music oh. or whatever, and it feels like you're flying through the floor. Yeah, that's and the only way I can explain it. Everybody seems to, everybody that smokes seems to know what that is. Oh my god! But it hasn't happened to me for for as long as I can remember. Yeah, that that's what drew me back. I'm like, this is insane. I love this, whatever it is. Yeah. Let's keep it going. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, these uh these weed guys, so I put in the order on their online store, which is pretty rudimentary. And pretty much they gave me a time window, two to five hours for delivery, which isn't too bad. And what were the payment options? Uh cash only. Cash only. Okay, that that seems good. Big fan of cash only these days. Not a, yeah, anything that's not prepaid is good at this point. Yeah. I've used a couple prepaid services in the city and it's all gone well, but. Yeah, most of the time it does, but. As we know, sometimes it doesn't work out. (laughs) You win some, you lose some. Damn right you do. But anyway, I waited for a couple hours. I get a text. Hey, this is your delivery driver. Be there in 20 minutes. Good enough. And I go to meet them in my apartment building parking lot, middle of the middle of the day. And the guy kind of pulls up, looked kind of sketchy, but 
Nothing. No, wait. I I know where you're going with this. Yeah. You told me the story, but did they give you an option of how to make the the handoff? No. Oh, okay. So this wasn't discussed. Okay. It was just standard. Uh, So Buddy pulls up in the car. He says, you're B-Rock, right? Say yes. Then he goes, man, it looks like we forgot your order. He's like, God damn it. No money was exchanged. They run off and then came back in three hours. And there's a younger dude this time who seemed to be way too stoned to be out there selling drugs. And Getting high on supply. Yeah. And especially meeting random strangers from the internet. You had to be smart about what you're doing. Yeah. That's not, it's not the smartest thing. No. Anyway, uh, his style was get out of the car and then pop the trunk. So we had a brief little chat behind the trunk. He gives me this doggy bag and off paper, I go. Paper bag. Paper bag. Excuse me. That's yeah. uh, not fair to dogs. No, no. It's just a doggy bag doesn't mean a paper bag. You got a point there. Doggy bag is like what you take your leftovers from the restaurant home in. Could be plastic, could be paper, could be uh, a styrofoam container. This one was a brown U-line bag. Mm-hmm. Classic stuff. Um, Which to me seems super, super sketch. Like, I don't know who came up with that. <laughs> maybe maybe the stoned delivery driver, that's just his method. Yeah. But I'm thinking, you know, at headquarters, if they're doing training and they're training people <laughs> to go to the trunk, like, you think about, like, in movies, like, how they, how they do big deals. Yeah. It's always through the trunk. For sure. Yeah. To me, if you, he would be better off. Okay. If you're listening. Oh, mister. There, um, what you do is you get yourself, um, uh, what do they call them? Um, like a delivery app bag. So whether it's an Uber Eats bag or something similar and you pretend like you're delivering food. Bing, bang, boom. Nobody's ever going to question it. Not only that, if you get pulled over by the cops and you've got your uh, eats bag in the trunk, providing the wheel, the weed isn't reeking, um, they're not going to touch it because of the whole food safety, COVID, uh, touchless, contactless deliver, delivery. You know what I mean? That would be a rock solid system. And you, you get that tip for free. God, the next damn. one's going to cost you. That was a good fucking idea, JP. Yeah, I just came up with it on the fly. No one would fuck with you. No. Because honestly, I think the brown paper bag it's is sketch. pretty... I think it's pretty inconspicuous, to be honest. No, that's sketch. <sighs> Especially that it says Uline on it, which means... Only on the bottom. <laughs> oh, on the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Uline so, brand. Yeah. So unless unless it's those brown paper bags that are used for uh, like carrying a bottle, like a bottle of booze, Yeah. to me, they're... They're suspect. Where else do you see brown paper bags unless your mom's sending you to school with a What lunch? if it's some like Kijiji shit or some like arts and crafts when bullshit? Is, when have you ever bought something from Kijiji that mm. arrives in a bag that you're not getting to see what's in the bag? I'm just That's saying a from point. a person who's watching the, like, let's say I was a undercover parked in the parking lot just watching. Mm-hmm. If that, <laughs> that whole transaction would be super sketch. Definitely. Yeah. And you know, like, Go ahead. Yeah. So, like, why the dude doesn't, like I said, have a um, a delivery food delivery type bag that you see all those motherfuckers carrying everywhere? Yeah. No one would ever question what you were doing. 
And to get one, you'd probably just need to sign up and then say you lost your bag. Or quit and never just get the bag and never do any. There's it's it's probably like, not the not difficult like, part. Yeah. <laughs> Hell no. Anyway. Um, going back to the brown bag for a second. I just remembered I used to order coffee from a person who delivered coffee beans, normal coffee beans. But was the bag branded? Uh, no, it wasn't their brand. I was being a fucker because Uline makes brown paper bags. No, no, no. I'm asking if the coffee company had mm, their br- bags branded. No, they just had a name on it with marker. Okay. And there was well, a couple times they left it in see, my that's, foyer. That and I was like, this looks sketch. terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, if I saw something like that, I might call the bomb squad. Yeah, very possibly. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Anyway, I got the weed. It is white gold the strain and it smells like the smells weed like that i plant. grew up with earlier yeah. yeah it's got this grassy smell yeah it's because it's grown outdoors peppery yeah it's even not even though they call it greenhouse sure um and it's not incredibly high quality but it's it not bad gets me stoned yeah, and i smoked a joint of it it wasn't bad one like i said earlier the one thing is the taste i don't mind i didn't mind the taste i find when i'm smoking good weed and say I'm out and about, I don't really care if I smell like pot, but with that stuff, I would care because it doesn't smell good. Really? Yeah. It smells kind of foul to me. So I guess the, the key question here is, Mm -hmm. would you buy it again? Yeah. I'll probably go back to them for the same weed. No, I might go a little higher, but then again, we have chronic posts who we love. I'm, I'm saying like, that's what I was saying earlier that if, if you were in a bind, it's Good totally to worth it. If you're prepared, you can't beat the shit that Chronic Post is selling. Now, the size of those nugs yeah. are crazy. They're massive. That's a very good point. I had like a, like I was saying, like a seven gram bud the other day. I, I missed those. I didn't even want to break it apart. It was and so pretty. I used to, at my first weed dealer when I was I don't know, 17 or 18, would show up and deliver an eighth. That's crazy. He would drive in a, a very nice car. Yeah, but weed was probably more expensive back then. Was it was it? 35 and 8th. Yeah, that's expensive. And I he mean, he's probably getting a by very today's, cheap. By today's standards, that's pretty expensive. That was great pot, though. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I haven't seen too much shitty pot, to be honest. Very rarely. Yeah, that's true. Like that one time that the Popeyes dude sold us some shit. Yeah, I was hit and miss with that guy. But for the most part, the it was weed was mostly decent. But there was one time it was really bad. And when you're buying a quarter pound of it, you got to smoke all that fucking weed. You yeah. really notice it, and you can't really go back and return. No, not that you can go back and return retail either. <laughs> but, True. You know. Anyway, um, have I ever told you about the the incontinence commercial that? I watched. No. Okay. So is it a new commercial? Old no, commercial? no. I, I think I've explained it to you before, but Probably. I'm going to start from the top. Okay. So there's this product out there. It's called pure wick. It basically looks like a banana with a tube, uh, tied to it that goes to a machine. Now it's for, for female incontinence. Okay. And like I said, it's shaped like a banana. And basically what you do is you stick it between your legs uh-huh. and you go to sleep and there's no accidents because this thing is wicking away the, your piss right. into this machine. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. this is 
there's this commercial and it's obviously actors, right? It's, it's not like this is a reality show commercial. This person's but, probably perfectly healthy. Right. So there's this old lady and then there's this a younger lady that is obviously her daughter. Yeah. And um they they've just set up the the pure wick and it's the first night mm-hmm. that they're going to use it. And so in the morning the daughter comes into the room and she says, you know, how did you sleep? And she's like, her mom's like, Oh, I slept great. It's fantastic. And the daughter says, Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And just the way that she says it is like, you know, that she's saying, I'm so glad to hear that. Now I'm not going to have to clean up any more piss in the morning. Right. Okay. So (laughs) if that isn't funny enough, um, there's, so there's the Pierwick commercial. Have you ever seen the, a place for mom commercials? Ah, shit. I think I have. So like the mom is really excited to be there. No, no. A place for mom is like a consulting service. I think, I think they're consulting service. They may also own some old folks homes, Yeah, but it's uh, like a place that you, you when your parents can't take care of themselves anymore and you don't want them to live with you, let's say. Right. So like an old folks home, an assisted living facility, something like that. So I am a hundred percent sure. Cause I looked into it. This lady from the Purewick commercial. Oh shit. Yeah. This lady from the Purewick commercial, the daughter. Yeah. She's also now in the, a place for mom commercial shit. where they're putting mom into a home is and it's, it's not the, the same, same actor in different companies. Different mom, too? Different mom. Okay. But it's just so funny. That's her I, niche. I about pissed myself laughing <laughs> because in my brain. You need the uh, the Airwick. No, in my brain, the Purewick was, Pure was going to solve the problem. Right. But a few months later, she decides to put mom into a home anyway. I can't take it anymore. She keeps yeah. pissing on the floor. But the thing is, is. It's a, it's two different companies, yeah. but the same actor doing the commercials. Oh God! So if if you're familiar with the Purewick commercial, and then you see the A Place for Mom commercial, it's fairly easy to connect the dots in your mind, thinking, Oh yeah, she just had it with mom. Right now we're putting, her, her, putting her into a home. <laughs> maybe the Purewick ain't so good. Faulty product. Well, maybe they don't, maybe they need a Poowick. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, I haven't seen any of these commercials. When are they on? They're on, they're on CNN. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway. That's might be their target so audience. So I had a little theory that, yeah. I wonder if I wonder if the place for mom people saw her in the Purewick uh commercial yeah. and thought, wow, we need to get this woman for our commercial. Or maybe her agent is just killing it in the geriatric <laughs> field. Or maybe it's just a coincidence. I don't know. I I would find that hard to believe. Did anyway. she do well in the Purewick commercial? Like was oh it, was yeah, like I well said, well done. It's so well that when 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 she says, "Oh, I'm so glad," you know, that you had a quiet night or whatever, you yeah. can just tell she's just so happy she's not cleaning anything up. Right, and that's that's relatable stuff. Yeah, you got to be a good actor to convey that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Do you ever see the show Mike Tyson Mysteries? 
The cartoon? Yeah. Uh, I think I've seen it once. So I used to watch it with some buddies back in the day, recently went back to it and realized that Norm MacDonald was the pigeon. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Saying absolutely outrageous shit. Yeah. It's like an alcoholic and drug addled pigeon. There's a clip on Norm's YouTube channel of all of the clips of him being that pigeon like stitched together. It's probably the funniest part of the show, but it, I had no idea when I first watched him. Like, His of voice course, is pretty identifiable. I wasn't into comedy um, when I was younger, gotcha. I, at least not stand up. Hmm. Funny role for, for Norm, but kills it in it. Yeah. No, he kills it in everything. It's very true. So I was thinking about sports the other day. Yeah. And, you know, when you think of most sports, like I'm talking like, team sports Mm -hmm. there's one position that's extremely important right so you think about football you got your quarterback Mm -hmm. you think about hockey you got a goaltender sure right but same with soccer you think about soccer you have a goaltender right it goes on and on the one that doesn't fit is basketball I'm not incredibly knowledgeable on the positions of basketball. Me neither. But I love my Raptors, but I would say you point at, guard, but probably. You, but you look at baseball, it's a pitcher. It, it, the, you, it's hard to look at any team sport and not find a sport that has one position that's way more important than the rest. <coughs> yeah. I mean, basketball is, you got everybody on the court at once and you need each position to be playing its its role, whether that be shooting or guarding or point guard whatever yeah but there's um, but there's no goaltender there's no it's just anyway it's just like a shower thought yeah it's it's interesting i would say and i could be wrong but the point guard would be that guy akin to the quarterback in football okay. i mean he's running is that plays the highest the paid start. player on the team don't know no couldn't tell you okay baseball also pitcher yeah the pitchers are the but most the catcher is also really calling a lot of that too right but i'm just saying like the pitcher is the most important. Catcher is probably somewhere second. And then there's all of the hitters. Right. And then, the, you know, obviously there's the, you know, first base, shortstop, all of those players as well. But when it comes down to it, the pitcher is the most important player on the field. I think you get a tough argument on that one. I don't think so. Even I, I remember uh, Johnny was telling me once we were watching some a base of ball mm-hmm. and he was telling me about how some pitchers that are so good and so coveted that when a team tries to acquire them they have to acquire the catcher as well yeah because they're they work that well together and they're a package deal it's the chemistry where the, would the battery what, what other player uh position would you see something like that happen pitcher is the single most important player on the field I'm not saying that there isn't anything the most close single to important it. player. Yes, yeah. I, I, if I you do don't see have you a there. good pitcher, it nothing else matters. And especially he's touching the ball every single play. Right. Yeah, versus the other fielders. Yeah. Anyway, like I said, just a shower thought. Basketball starting up again. I'm yeah, happy I mean, about that. I don't like basketball. I love my Raptors. Yeah, they got got their ass handed to them by Washington the other night. Is that the first game of the season? I have no I idea. I think so. They did indeed, but. They'll, they'll be fine. they got a young team. Lots of talent. Yeah. Nile Rodgers. I think we've talked to about him before. Okay. Um, he was the guitarist in Chic, the band. 
Uh-huh. It's an older disco band. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the basis of that band was Bernard Edwards. Okay. So they both did production as well. Um, the two of them worked on, and these aren't my favorite albums, but in terms of like pop hits and production value, uh, Like a Virgin, Madonna. Okay. We Are Family, Sister Sledge. Better. Uh, Diana by Diana Ross. Okay. Um, that had like, I'm coming out on it. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Um, that was like sampled so many fucking times. Yeah. So like he's the two of them as a team, they've worked on a bunch of other stuff and now Rogers produced less dance, David Bowie, mm-hmm. Probably um, David Bowie's worst album. That's, that's possible. I was listening to it a bit today. It's poppy. It's my, my personally, my least enjoyable David Bowie album always has been. I, I see that. Maybe I've even not. David Bowie said back in the day that the shit he did in the eighties was that was not a good time for him. It might've been Niles. Fault. Even though he was very, <laughs> no, but even though he was very popular, uh, on the radio, that was probably his most popular time was in the eighties. Yeah. But to me, that's the stuff that doesn't hold up is, is that period. Yeah. And Bowie, Bowie said as much himself. Um, Rogers also worked on, your least, maybe your not so favorite Daft Punk album, Random oh. Access Memories. No, no, I like all of them. Yeah, yeah. I think that one. I feel like that's the one album that seems like a mishmash of songs, mm-hmm. whereas there's a flow to all the other Daft Punk albums. That's all. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, he didn't produce the whole album. It was just Get Lucky and Lose Yourself to Dance. Mm-hmm. Did a bit of work with uh, the B52s as well. Anyway, my point in this is on Sheik's first album from 77, you can hear some really cool examples of both of their production style. Okay. So I'm going to play the song You Can Get By off of their self-entitled album. And I'll give you a little walkthrough before. So at the start, we get Now Rogers playing his signature chucking guitar style, which he's said to be the creator of. Um that goes on to like a classic disco string section with some violins. You have the guitar riff going underneath still, and then it moves into this part where Bernard Edwards, the bassist comes in with, I don't know if it's a harp or if they're just plucking on the strings they were using before, but really cool stuff. So I'm going to show you why I think they were so good. stuff yeah i like the bongos yeah the bongos are great that uh that isn't representative of the rest of the song it's a very repetitive track but that one little part has always got me yeah seemed seemed like a good track i've also got a soft spot for disco 
play a little bit more of their uh, same album, last track. I'm a big fan of the the organ on this one. Okay. I don't hear the organ. That's uh, maybe it's not the organ. Isn't, isn't that bass? Isn't that a bass? Uh, I thought that was keys. Oh, Should maybe. I go back? No, no. I don't know. Could be. I definitely thought it was keys. Had some some vibration. Yeah. Could be wrong. No, I could be wrong. But they bring the funk on that album, and I love it. Nice. Yeah. You been jamming anything new recently, or any any standards? Anything new mm. or anything old? Let me take a look at my recently listened to list. Um, oh, I was telling you off offline that I was listening to this Howlin' Wolf album. Right. Yeah, yeah. Not going to play anything from it, but it's called uh, the Howlin' Wolf album. <laughs> Descriptive. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's it's very good. You can't go wrong with that early stuff. I've also been listening to, um, are you familiar with uh, XX? No. Oh, maybe I'll play you a little bit. What's um, their deal? It's a English indie pop, I guess. Okay. And, um, this chick I was dating back in the day was really into it. Okay. And I got into it by proxy. Um their debut album, The XX, came out in 2009. Um, this song is called Crystallize. Yeah, 
Pretty good stuff. I've been really into that indie sound over the past couple weeks. Oh, you should check these guys out. Do you ever listen to that Prinzhorn Dance Club album? It sounds familiar. It's on the DFA record label. It's kind of similar in that style. Yeah. But I guess that really comes out of the 80s and goth music. And No, I think there's a DFA influence on these guys as well. Yeah? Maybe, maybe they wouldn't say so, but I see a similarity... You know, and especially I mean, to like uh like shit robot or the Juan McLean. Man, I was listening is that a DFA album as well? Yeah. That's some good shit. Yeah. Weird music. That. But that yeah, that kind of stuff. Or uh that yacht. Yeah. Yeah, that's similar sort of in there as well. I'll throw in a little bit of that Prince Horn song. It's very similar, but same vein, something I've been jamming recently. can see a similarity yeah i've just been enjoying that kind of slower music recently oh you would really like this xx album i've i have heard the band name now that i think back i'll give them a look because i i did enjoy that um okay this might be a controversial topic all right hit me what are your thoughts on titty tattoos hmm titty tattoos where on the titty are these tattoos anywhere I don't have any typically, you know, uh, visible in the cleavage, like upper area, lower chest, upper breast, uh, visible in the cleavage done tastefully. I I don't have an issue with it. Oh, okay. Um, like, you know, like, um, what's, uh, Tony's sister in Sopranos. Oh, right. I forget her name, but I yeah. know who you're you talking, know what I'm talking about. about. Her, like she got a titty tattoo. Oh, I think that's awful. Okay, great. Not a fan of that. I think titty tattoos are and they're the grossest thing ever. Yeah. What? Yeah. Cause they're almost never tasteful. No. And see, I've seen some people with like above the, okay. Cleaver, if you're talking like over like the top of the breast, chest piece. Yeah. That's different. I'm talking about singular titty tattoos. No, I think that's bad news, man. Okay, good. What a, I think so as well. What about, I'm an, sorry if you're out there and you have a titty tattoo, but just don't show it until it, we're about to have sex and then it'll be too late. I'm sure if somebody has a tattoo on their titty, they're comfortable enough. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, you think about whatever the fucker name was. Uh, was it janice janice yeah, yeah. janice and the yeah. sopranos she is obviously wanting to show that off for sure yeah. i hated that character in the show me too but i'm just saying like that's an example of a really bad titty tattoo what do you think of a tattoo on the ass cheek 
Ash cheek is fine. Tramp stamp, okay, depending on how old you are. Like if if you got a tramp stamp before they were called tramp stamps, then what you know, whatever. There's there's no judgment at that point, right? Yeah, but I mean, the only thing worse than a titty tattoo is a guy with a tramp stamp. I can agree with that wholeheartedly, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> anyway. Uh. Just a little side, teach their side own topic, but that's that's how the how the podcast feels. I saw some woman at uh, Walmart with the titty tattoo, and I was yeah, just you like, did. Oh, that's so gross. Yeah, and I wondered if I was the only one that thought that. No, I don't think so, JP. I'd like to meet a dude who thinks that that's attractive. Guarantee you, you won't have to look far. Oh no, I'm sure that's what I'm saying, but I, I'd like to hear the rationale on to why they. They think it's attractive. I'd also like to hear the rationale from the woman that has one as to why they like to show it off so much. They obviously don't realize that it's a a huge turnoff. Or maybe there's leaning into it to the point that it well, isn't a turnoff anymore. Sure. Uh, it's always going to be a turnoff for me. That's fair. I mean, you could have everything else going for you, but if you whipped out a titty tattoo, I'd be like, mm, is that thing real? You just know there's bad decisions behind it exactly so got to be careful with the titty tattoo i mean sometimes people make bad tattoo decisions been there man it happens (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't gonna bring that up but fair game my friend fair game (laughs) um let's see here oh a couple of things yeah uh one for those of you listening We've agreed to change the intro music. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Um, It's basically the beginning of uh, a Captain Beefheart song called Tropical Hot Dog Night. I don't think it's, I don't know if it's actually called Tropical Hot Dog Night. Oh, because I was looking at it. It's on Shiny Beast, uh, Bat Chain Puller. Bat Chain Puller. And on there, it's listed as just Tropical Hot Dog. Although, I could have sworn I've seen it listed as Tropical Hot Dog Night. Maybe it was a live set, but if it says that on Shiny Beast, it's just Tropical Hot Dog. But it says that in like the digital, but I I don't know. I actually have the album. I'll have to pull it out and see if it's just a typo or what. Regardless, uh, just want to give some credit to Mr. Beefheart and his magic band. So we're going to, you know, listen to a minute or so of it. that's the gist of it the what thing about that song that's so crazy to me it's one of my favorite uh beef heart songs it's very good 
those horns, nobody's ever sampled them. And they're so True. good. They're so, they're just ripe for the sampling. They're so well done. Yeah, I've not been able to find anybody who's sampled those particular horns. And I thought I would have when I did, when I was, you know, looking on whosampled.com. Yeah, fair enough. In yeah. my mind, sorry, do you have no, anything? Go ahead. In my mind, that song is like a Starburst candy. Yeah, I got it. It is tropical. Yeah, it's full of flavor. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Okay. So we'll move on from that then. So that's going to be our... Yeah, not... You'll hear it on the outro of this episode, but it won't be on the intro until the next episode. Awesome. That'll be great to have. Um, I want to move on to what I'm now calling Zappa of the Week. Woo! This song is off of um, We're Only In It For The Money. Okay. Coming from 1968. The song is called What's the Ugliest Part of Your Body? Nice. And not only is it just a funny song in general, but they think the funniest part of your body is your mind. Nice. So we're going to listen to the entire song. It's only a minute long, so. The ugliest part of your body. What's the ugliest part of your body? Some say your nose, some say your toes. I think it's your mind, your mind. I think it's your mind. Children are poor, unfortunate victims of systems beyond their control. A plague upon your ignorance, to the great despair of your ugly life. Where did Annie go when she went to town? Who are all those creeps that she brings around? All your children are poor, unfortunate victims of lies you believe. A plague upon your ignorance that keeps the young from the truth they deserve. Never ceases to amaze. It's just such a good song. It is a great song. And I love how like they're harmonizing vocals in the back. It's like, it's so good. And it doesn't take any directions that you'd expect it to take, which is really nice. Yeah. Just for the record, I think the ugliest part of my body is my left pinky toe. Yeah. It's weird. Just letting you know. I don't know. I never really considered it. You don't have to share. It's probably my mind. It's possible. Yeah. Anyway. Um, let's see here. I got this other thing I want to go into. What's up? It's about Queens of the Stone Age. In particular, I'm assuming Josh Homme. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that there's a lot of cliche in the lyrics of Queens of the Stone Age. I've always felt this way about it but i never actually sat down and took a look at it to see if it was truthful or not okay so when i'm talking about cliche for those of you who may be wondering i'm talking about cliche in terms of what would be considered overused phrases you know 
I do know. Okay. So um, I'm going to start. I'm going to go through each album. So I've got one clip from each of their seven albums um, involving some sort of cliche. All right. This some, is, this some, is more, some more than others. So two other things that I want to make clear about this is I, I love Queens of the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. This is not meant to be, oh, uh, Josh Army writes in cliche and you know, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. He's not a good songwriter. It's quite the opposite. I think he's one of the best lyricists and there's no negative intent involved in me exposing this. It's a good call to clarify that. Okay. So the other, <laughs> the other thing I want to make clear, excuse me, <laughs> is that uh, each of these examples is not only from a track that's pretty early on in the album, but it's also uh, the examples are very early on in the songs. Hmm. So what I'm saying is I didn't go through every song on every album. I went through until I found a song with a cliche in it. And it turned out to be very early on in the album and early on in each of the songs. Consistently. Consistently. Cool. Very cool. (laughs) Okay. Let's get started. First album, uh, their self-titled album. Um, the song is you would know Mm -hmm. it, uh, the cliche is, um, you and I cut from the same cloth, cut from the same cloth being the cliche. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's in the first verse and let's take a listen. Just happy robots live on hill of beans. You and I cut from same cloth, ripped at the seams. Cut, snap, cut. All right, that's the first example. Great song. Very good song. God damn. Um, the next one is off of the Rated R album yeah. from 2000. Self-titled album came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, the song is called uh, The Lost Art of Keeping a Secret. The cliche is Leap of Faith. Okay. And it also uh, occurs in the first verse. Don't tell. Yeah. So that's another example. Okay. Um, third example 
is from the 2002 album songs of the deaf Mm -hmm. song is sky is falling and also occurring in the first verse is the cliche every dog has his day yeah number three number four off of lullabies to paralyze 2005 is burn the witch love that song this first verse is a whopper it's got one two it's got three (laughs) four or five cliches in one verse all right so the cliches that we're looking for here in the first verse are skipping like a stone Mm -hmm. first to speak is the first to lie Children uh, cross their hearts and hope to die uh-huh. and bite your tongue. Right? Yep. So let's locate this. I always forget about lullabies, the album. It used to be the album that I tried to avoid. Mm. I don't know. I, I do know why. It's because of uh, one in particular song that was overplayed a lot. No one knows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was the reason it was overplayed for me was because uh, it was uh, the song that they used on one of the NHL EA sports games. That's funny because I was just thinking Burn the Witch is like a great stadium song. Oh yeah. No, this, uh, no one knows used to be the song that played on the opening screen of this. I don't remember if it was NHL 2000, something, whatever. Yeah. But I just used to hear it every time I turned the game on. Yeah. Fair enough. That'll do it. Okay. So that was number four. Number five. Uh, now this is where shit starts to get really interesting Mm -hmm. because, for the next three and final examples, so five, six, and seven, the title track is actually a cliche. Interesting. I also think this is a great example or a great study of the progression of Queens of the Stone Age's music. In, yeah, we could do a separate, separate piece on that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're looking at Era Vulgaris, 2007. Uh, the lead track is called Turning on the Screw. Right. 
the cliche is uh, they say those who can't just instruct others. Love that lyric. Yeah. Let's see here. All right. All right. How are you enjoying this so far? I am very much so. Yeah. Okay, good. I <laughs> The yawn wasn't uh for the music. Oh, I didn't even notice. Um, okay. So, number 6 is from Light Clockwork mm-hmm. 2013. That was a good album. Um the title track is called Keep Your Eyes Peeled. Enough said. Uh-huh. Uh I don't even know if it's necessary to play it, but I think we should. I'll play a little bit. Yeah. sound goes back to the the early stuff in that track just in terms of what it reminds me of i'm always really into the, at least to the like the last two or three stone queens of the stone age albums yeah their title tracks mm-hmm. they're very progressive and building to something yeah and it's always good i agree yeah let's keep it going all right the last one is from villains mm-hmm. 2017 Another uh, track that's a cliche in its own title, Feet Don't Fail Me. Classic. And uh, this is probably the best example of cliches uh, in that there's just tons of them throughout the whole song. So uh, we'll play a bunch of it. It's worth it.
That's a good catch. So the thing I'd like to mention about this is not only does Josh use cliche regularly in his writing, and I'm not saying that other artists don't. Mm. It's just something that I personally noticed about Queens of the Stone Age. But Josh makes up his own cliches. Right. Which sounds weird because if somebody's making it up, is it really overused? No. But the things that he sometimes the things that he says sound like a cliche because they work so well and the example is here from this song is one foot in the gutter one in the clouds love it and it sounds it sounds like a cliche but it's not like he made he made that up and then he goes on later later on in in the song to say stand in the gutter and my head's in the clouds mm-hmm. it's another another one you know what i mean anyway i just well, love, i think the means if i may the the fact that it sounds like a cliche when it's not is a pretty good example of a really well-written thing like maybe connecting it back to the andy schaff stuff where you feel like these songs were written for you yeah as you said earlier it's such a well-written wording or phrase that it sounds perfect in a way and also i think the way that he uses the cliche is a great way for him to build familiarity on odd subjects and topic matters yeah totally and you can you can hear him kind of weaving through this weird shit but keeping it in a vein of normalcy yeah, and so I guess the only other thing I want to say about it is like, I wonder if Josh recognizes this mm. and is doing it on purpose, or it's just the way that things come out. I'd be curious. Yeah. Is it a style, or like you said, coincidence? Well, like like I said, for the most part, all of these songs are early on in the album, mm. and the cliche cliches found are early on in the song. So that tends to make me believe that this is a pretty common thing in lots of their songs and in all of their albums. That's interesting. Yeah. That's good, it. Good catch. That. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have anything else. Oh no. Oh, I thought I deleted everything. Thank God I didn't. All right. What I, do you got? I got a little something for you. Um, pig to human transplants organ transplants i heard something about this is it about uh, a kidney yeah yeah i read this somewhere yeah so uh surgeons at nyu attached a pig kidney to two large blood vessels outside a cadaver recently deceased person uh-huh um and the kidney had completely normal function they so the issue with using pig organs before was a certain sugar produced by some organ in the in the pig um, that triggered a immune response from humans and they would immediately reject the transplant. Um, but they genetically modified these pigs to not express that one sugar and it worked. So the FDA has approved these modified pigs as safe for both human consumption and medicine. Interesting. Which is 
good. And the herd that they have, uh, Revivor, said it like Spock, Revivor is the company. Uh, they have a herd of 100 engineered pigs, uh, specifically for the, I guess it's just the sugar, not organ specific, but um, 90,000 people on the wait list for kidneys in the States, 12 die a day. Interesting. Could be a big thing. I mean, you can't get half of these motherfuckers to even take a vaccine. <laughs> How are you going to get them to uh, take a pig kidney? Touche. Touche, sir. <laughs> yeah. One last thing. Sure. Um, episodes ago, we mm. were talking about uh, the UFO report that the Congress had commissioned. Yeah. And when I... Prior to reading that report and around the time that that report came out, I started trying to figure out because they keep hinting at or trying to make you believe that the technology that's being witnessed by these naval pilots is not alien, but not ours. Right. So they're trying to say it's earthly. Right. So. I was trying to find things that could achieve the speeds and velocities that uh-huh. of these probes that were, I talked about it on the podcast. The, the term given to them is called hypersonic, uh, launch vehicles. Right. So I was thinking about it the other day and because I keep seeing articles now on hypersonic vehicles, like it's probably because I thought it was probably because I um, had done some research on it for the podcast. Google's targeting. So last night I decided to go to, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Google Trends. No. Google Trends is um, a website made by Google Mm. that you can type in any search term and it's going to tell you about uh, how many people are searching it over a given period of time. Interesting. And so I did it for uh, hypersonic weapons hypersonic wasn't enough it had to be hypersonic weapons okay and um it saw a giant spike of over a hundred percent in june which Mm -hmm. is when that report came out Mm -hmm. and it's also seen another spike to a hundred percent just in the last few weeks Hmm. yeah so i'm wondering if there is any correlation between the release of that report and um, militaries publicly talking about hypersonic weaponry or vehicles. I don't think anything's been announced recently, has it? Oh yeah, there was just uh, last week the U.S. was t- uh, test testing a hypersonic uh, missile that failed. Interesting. Yeah, I- and China has successfully tested a couple that cannot be stopped by the u.s uh, defense system currently it's not good so is russia it's not good yeah so both russia and china claim that their hypersonic uh nuke delivery system uh cannot be defeated by anything that the u.s currently has you kind of fucked if you drop it anyway though yeah that's why the u.s has nukes placed strategically all over the place not just in the u.s yeah yeah it's kind of ridiculous shit it is because you think that you're never going to use it but 
you get one person who might, you know, like when the Trump presidency was ending in July, yeah. you had that, uh, that one general who in the waning days of the Trump presidency called his counterpart in China to assure them an attack was not going to occur because China really thought that Trump's. Trump was going to attack just to try and keep himself in office. He was willing to do anything to keep himself in office. And I don't find that too far fetched. No, that man was a, I mean, even to this do a day, lot of things. they're trying to nullify the election. Still, that's still going on. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Give it up yeah. people. And like, not to get again, too political, Agreed. but Trump uh, is still doing those rallies that he does, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was encouraging all Republican voters to not vote. I saw something un- about unless, this. Unless they're able to fix the uh, election that was stolen from him. That's out think to about, lunch. Think, yeah, anyway. That I don't want to, to that, we'll just leave it at that. We will. The yeah. whole nuke thing, I mean, I guess that's not really political. No. No, it's just like if one nation decides to set it off we're all fucked right the second that uh, a nuclear launch is detected uh they're like let's say the u.s detects a nuclear launch from either china or russia yeah they're immediately launching something as well <laughs> so that you know like it takes uh i mean it takes time to get here yeah although the hypersonic there. weapon apparently uh china says that their hypersonic weapon could hit the u.s within 30 minutes of launch that shit cray yeah Anyway, well, leave you guys on uh, nuclear weaponry and all that good stuff. Yeah. Thanks. Have a good week. See you guys.